name is Chris Bell, and I'm running for a seat on the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind. The reason I'm running is simple. I've been a member of ACB for over 40 years and have done a lot of advocacy work. And I want to make sure that the work that I have done and that others have done can continue after older members like myself are gone. And therefore, I have proposed that ACB create an academy to train younger members in the subject areas which are so critical for ACB to lead in the future. I ask for your vote. Thank you. My name is Jeff Bishop, and I live in Kirkland, Washington, with my wife, Carrie, and my son, David. We've done a lot in this organization, and our future is very bright. However, we have a number of significant challenges that we're going to need to undertake in this organization to achieve our three to five year strategic plan. Partnering together, we can greatly achieve success for everyone. I would appreciate your vote at this year's annual convention. Thank you. I am Donna Brown, and I am seeking a seat on the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind. I want to work to bridge the gap between the ACB national leadership and our state and special interest affiliates. Working to create a mentoring program to develop new leaders is important to me, as well as creating programs to introduce ACB to blind and visually impaired youth. I hope I can count on your vote in July. Hello, my name is Ray Campbell, and I'm seeking the office of Second Vice President of the American Council of the Blind. Together, we have embraced and met the unprecedented challenges of the past two years, and I look forward to serving you over the next two years as we move forward together. Hello, my name is Denise Colley, and I'm seeking my second term for the office of ACP Secretary. I currently serve as co-chair of the ACP Scholarship Committee, and I've also served as chair of the ACP Board of Publications and on the ACP Board of Directors. In these capacities, I've had the opportunity to oversee all the ways in which ACP communicates, both internally and externally. I believe that the ways in which ACP communicates with our members plays a crucial part in what keeps this vital organization going, and I want to work to ensure those lines of communication are stronger and more transparent. I would appreciate your vote. Thank you. Hi, I'm Zelda Gebhardt, a dedicated, hardworking volunteer with low vision. Roles as editor, vice president, and president of NDAB, and as director and first vice president of CCLVI has prepared me for leadership in ACB. Please vote for me to remain on the BOP. Hello, ACB. This is Deb Cook-Lewis. After serving you for five years on the Board of Publications, I am now hoping to serve you as your first vice president. No matter who you vote for, I hope you vote. And we'll see you at the convention. Hi, ACB. My name is Doug Powell, and I'm running for a second term on the Board of Directors. I promise to continue to model leadership qualities, mentor leadership in others, and advocate effectively at the national, state, and local levels. I'd very much appreciate your vote. 
Hi, I'm Penny Reader, and I'm popping in to ask you to vote for me. I am running for my second term on the Board of Publications. I think we've made some good progress in making ACB communications excellent in so many different ways because communications with ACB and the general public as well are very important. Please vote for me for the Board of Publications. I'm looking forward to serving you again. Thank you. Hey, Mark Reichert here, First Vice President of ACB, so of course I'd love your vote this summer. But the most important thing is that you do it, because it's only when you vote that ACB wins. So come on, baby, vote. Come to convention. Vote. You can do it. Hello, I'm Kenneth Simeon Sr., immediate past president of ACB of Texas. I am seeking a position on the ACB Board of Directors this year. I care about ACB, our membership, and the future of ACB. If elected, I will be sure to work with other ACB leaders to ensure that we continue to move forward. I would really appreciate your vote. Always remember, together we win. Hi, I'm Connie Sims from South Dakota. I am president of the STAB Association. I am a J.P. Morgan Chase recipient in 2020. I am running for a board position. I believe that equity, diversity, and inclusion, that is really huge I have been on the voting task force. I am from a rural state. Everything that we do in the rural is totally different than the city or the metropolitan areas. I have low vision. We're a very diverse group. We use our tools differently. Hi, I'm Connie Sims. Hello, my name is Dan Spoon, and I live in Orlando, Florida with my lovely wife, Leslie. And we have been honored to be the president of the American Council of the Blind for the last two years under really unprecedented circumstances. And we look forward to continuing the momentum and moving forward over the next two years. Thank you for your support. And I would look forward to your vote in the upcoming election. Together, we can continue to grow our ACB family. Thank you. Hello to my ACB family. This is David Trot Treasurer. I am asking your support for my re-election. Please put me on the team that's working for a brighter future for ACB. I look forward to meeting you all at the Candidates Forum. Friendly, fair, foraging. Everyone has a story to tell. It's the very reason why we rise each day ready to face the next day's challenge that comes. Whether advocating, striving to advance disability rights, or finding new ways to forge forward in the ever-growing communities that we live in. I am Cache Wells, and these are the reasons why I pursue a seat on the Board of Publications, where my passion and purpose is to engage, educate, and empower others to get involved with ACB. The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. An affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. 
Good evening and welcome to the Candidates Forum, night one of two. And the first first night of the Candidates Forum is being hosted by myself, Paul Edwards. Uh, and, and I happen to be a past president of the American Council of the Blind, as well as being a former chair of the Board of Publications. And my co-host this evening is... Kim Charlson, and I am immediate past president of the American Council of the Blind, and I also share the same um, position with Paul of being a former Board of Publications chair way back in my past, 1999 to 2001. I served in that role for two years, and I was an elected member of the Board of Publications as well, so... We feel that between the two of us, we have quite a bit of experience to corral our lively candidates this evening into a, a, an interesting discussion and um, hopefully share some great opportunities for all of you to um, hear their thoughts and opinions about the American Council of the Blind. So let me talk a little bit about what the, the kind of rules of the game are going to be. Um, in front of each question, we'll try to tell you about how much time we think you should take to answer it. Um, it's, it's pretty arbitrary, but, but we're the bosses, so you just have to listen anyway. Um, and what I will do is I will let you guys know when you are 30 seconds out from having used all of your time. Um, and the, hopefully, um, we will be asking you a few questions that uh, the Board of Publications and others have put together, and then we'll be opening it up to the audience to ask you guys questions. So altogether, we have 15, count them, 15 candidates who will be here tonight or tomorrow night. And I'm going to go through first the, the, the list of the folks who will be here tonight. Uh, Jeff Bishop, Bishop uh, Donna right. Brown, um, Zelda Gebhardt, Kenneth Simeon Sr., Coney uh, Sims, Dan Spoon, uh, and David Trott. And just so everybody knows, on Wednesday, we'll have Chris Bell, Ray Campbell, Denise Colley, Deb Cook-Lewis, Doug Powell, Penny Reeder, Mark Reichert, and Cache Wells. So um, both nights are going to be exciting. And if you really want to get the benefit of this whole exercise as best you can, it's a, it is a good idea for you to uh, actually be here both nights. So you get an opportunity to uh, hear from all of the candidates for all of the various positions. So our first question is for everybody who's here. And I have uh, that up, Paul. Do you, would you like uh, me to review it? And how long did we decide they have to answer this question? Uh, I think we're going to say that they have two minutes. That, I think that sounds right. So our first question for you is kind of a let's get acquainted question. So please take a minute to introduce yourself and explain what prompted you to run for a position on either the Board of Publications or the ACB Board of Directors? And how will you use or have you used the position that you are seeking or you are currently in um, 
and running for to strengthen the American Council of the Blind from your position in leadership? Who do you want to start with, Ms. Kim? Well, I'm going to opt to start at the top. Let's ah, start so with Dan Mr. Spoon. Pitt. Ah, Dan Spoon. There we the are. Top, Mr. Top. Mr. President, you're <laughs> Mr. up. Mr. President. <laughs> well, thank you, Paul and Kim, and thank you to the Board of Publications for holding this candidate's forum this evening. Uh, it's exciting to be here. Uh, my name is Dan Spoon, and I live in Orlando, Florida, with my lovely uh, wife, Leslie. Uh, we've been uh, involved with ACB for many years, first at the local level, uh, our Greater Orlando Council of the Blind, and then at the state level, the Florida Council of the Blind, and then uh, really got involved in the national level in the 2009-10 uh, timeframe, got elected to the board in 2012 first vice president in 2017, and then president in 2019. So why, uh, why, 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 why do I want to be president? Um, well, I think, in my mind, it's an opportunity to serve. It's an opportunity to serve an, a community that I care very much about. A blind and low vision people are, are, I'm one of them. It's near and dear to my heart, and I uh, really want to do all I can to help our community. Um, I've had an opportunity these last uh, several years, first uh, under Kim's administration, before that Mitch, and then the last two years as president, uh, to really continue to implement key programs and services for the American Council of the Blind. Uh, we've done that uh, by bolstering our financial situation for the first time ever. We now have over $5 million in our endowment legacy and and scholarship and board reserve funds. So we're very proud of that accomplishment. Uh, we've also uh, implemented an entrepreneurial operating system, which is a way to a methodology to manage our organization. Uh, 30 also, seconds, Mr. Dan. Also, we've implemented uh, an advisory board, which is giving us a lot of wonderful advice. And, um, I think most importantly, we've really spent this last two years developing real support inside of ACB and the spirit of ACB with our community events, with two virtual uh, conventions and a virtual D.C. leadership conference. I appreciate you considering me for president of the American Council of the Blind, and I would appreciate your vote. Thank you. Excellent. Do you want to continue picking, Ms. Kim? Well, sure, Paul. Um, I'll take our other officer candidate this evening that's with us, David Trott. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate being here tonight, and I appreciate everybody that's uh, out there in Radio Land listening and taking part in the Candidates Forum. It's, uh, I'm from Talladega, Alabama. I live here with my beautiful wife, Rhonda, who keeps me straight and on the straight and narrow. I've enjoyed being your treasurer for the last four years, and I'm hoping that you'll give me my final two-year term if elected, because there's a lot of things that we're putting in place that I would like to be a part of to see them move forward. One of our greatest accomplishments as an organization is looking to our future and looking to our membership. Looking to our future, we established the Legacy Endowment. I think that uh, it's off and running. It's producing income for the budget each year. The community calls that we're doing now is, is bringing more and more of our membership together. I do have some concerns for the future, and I intend to work on them. And one is what I call 
the communications desert. This, you know, America is a rural country. We don't really look at it that way a lot of times. And when I hear my friends talking about walking somewhere, I've got to seriously think about walking. There's no infrastructure here to make that possible. So it's not just walking, it's hospitals. It's uh, listening to this candidate forum here tonight. It's education. And we need to form a partnership with our sighted public in pushing Congress to put more money into true infrastructure where we need it. And that's communications and the ability to have health care and education. I do hope you will support me. I'm a team player. I, I look at the board as a team. Yes, we do disagree from time to time, but we all hug, shake hands, and leave the room when it's over, and we work together, whatever's passed, to move it forward. Uh, so I'm asking for your support again, and thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Do you want to choose, Ms. Kim? Sure. Let's go to Mr. Jeff Bishop. All right. Thank you, Kim. Okay. Go right ahead. Thank you. Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Jeff Bishop, and I live in Kirkland, Washington, with my wife, Carrie, and my son, David. And I am serving on the board of directors now and uh, hoping to serve for a second term uh, for the next, uh, I believe, three years, because we didn't vote last year, right? So, um, you know, I have always been an individual who has really wanted to serve, whether it was in my church or in my community. And uh, I, I have been involved in ACB for, for uh, quite a long time, mainly on the communication side on ACB radio. I've gotten involved at the, at the local level and then uh, decided to run for the board in 2015, which was a, a really interesting uh, experience for me. And um, I've, I've loved serving ever, ever since. Uh, some of the accomplishments that I have completed, uh, we brought ACB Link. It's the an iOS app available for um, the American Council of the Blind, and that was due to tremendous efforts of uh, people within the council, uh, like Paul, for example, and, and others who helped uh, fund that project, as well as a number of people who have assisted in the technical aspects of this. I, you know, in all the work that I've done, um, I can't do it by myself, and I've had great uh, groups of people to assist me and to work with me, and so there's definitely no I in team. Uh, I, I am uh, really happy to see the, the technical infrastructure of this organization being constantly improved, and it's an area that I have put a, a key uh, eye on for the past few years to ensure that not only are our assets safe from a digital standpoint, but that we can grow into the future and scale uh, across the organization. And we're continuing to do that. At this year's convention, we're rolling out the the ACB Media Network, which is uh, a really great thing. Finally, I want to talk a little bit about opportunities for others. And I think this is an area that I think is really, really crucial. The board increase the stipend for members to be able to serve and we need to do more in this area because everyone should be able to serve it should not be restricted to how much money you have or ability to be able to pay to be able to uh you know uh, achieve uh leadership skills so we're going to continue to work on that i please ask for your vote thank you so much you're more than welcome mr kim miss kim (laughs) thank you all right i think it will be donna brown 
Okay, good evening or afternoon or whatever time of day it might be, wherever you are. (laughs) Thank you all for this opportunity. And I am Donna Brown. I live in Romney, West Virginia. Some people probably never heard of it. Um, I am the president of the Mountain State Council of the Blind, which is the West Virginia affiliate of ACB. And I am finishing an unexpired term on the ACB Board of Directors, and it's been a wonderful experience. And so I really am running for my first full term on the Board of Directors and appreciate your vote. Um, So I am one of those people, and I'm sorry, Jeff, but I'm going to say a couple of words the same as you, but I'm very passionate about, or if I belong to an organization, I want to be involved um, and serve in the best way that I can. Um, It just helps me to stay engaged, and I, I feel like that's my responsibility as a member of an organization. So um, I really have a passion. Well, for I have several passions, but <laughs> um, as many of you know, I, I am the chair of the ACB Walk Committee, and I thank former President Kim Charlson for um, allowing me and uh, encouraging me to become the chair of, of that committee and thank President Spoon for letting me uh, remain as chair. Uh, so obviously I have a passion for fundraising, not only fundraising for ACB, but um, working with affiliates um, in helping them raise funds for their activities as well. But also I, I really have a, a passion for, you know, I live in West Virginia. It's very rural, um, small affiliates. And- 30 seconds, Miss Donna. Oh my gracious. Uh, <laughs> I really feel that, um, small, small affiliates, um, need, need a voice. And so I'm hoping as a member of the board, I can help be a voice for the smaller affiliates. And I have a passion for bringing a mentorship program for younger members because they're our future. Thank you. Thank you, oh, Donna. More than Great. welcome. And now we have two of our newcomers. And who's the first? Ms. We Kim? do have a couple newcomers here. That I'm going to jump to Kenneth Simeon, Sr., and hear from him. Hello, everybody. Thank you for allowing me to be here. And thanks to the Board of Publications for sponsoring this event. It's a great opportunity for me to be able to serve at this time, especially on the national level. I've had the privilege of being a member for over 15 years after living uh, with full sight uh, for 41 years. This was all new to me about being blind and even losing hearing loss while dealing with meningitis. But I've come to know uh, so much more about the organization and I've been able to serve on the local level, even by starting my chapter. Uh, and we've said it before, I started with about 15, 16 members, that is. And uh, now we're over 50 in our local chapter. And there's so many things I've done on the local level, but on the state level, I served as president for six years, that's three terms at ACB of Texas, and had some great things going with that. Uh, as I mentioned in my candidate's uh, responses to those questions that we were given, um, one thing that I'm grateful for is to be able to have put our organization in a position where we started, uh, part, I started the Partners for Success initiative, where I began to get sponsorships. And uh, in the past, we had to go to our reserves to keep us going throughout the year. And since 2013, we have not had to do that. And we're continuing to try to build other uh, ways to strengthen our organization. I want to bring what I've done on the local and the state level uh, to the national level. I'm grateful to be able to serve as the Derwood K. McDaniel Fund Committee Chair since 2016. I've been on the committee since 2012. And I I believe 
uh, serving on that committee is giving me is giving me the opportunity to do what I really want to be able to do to help ACB move forward and continue a succession of what's going on now. Uh, and that is of trying to identify, working to identify and mentor 30 seconds, leaders, Mr. Simeon. leaders for the future. And I also, as I do that through the committee work I do, and uh, having joined the ACB Next Generation Group that I can find, or affiliate, that is, that I can find and identify people that may be able to help ACB to move forward. I want to work with them. And working on the succession plan continually, Dan and I have had some conversations about that, and that's one thing I'm uh, passionate about, making sure that we have things planned for the future for us to continue to grow uh, and, and be, in many ways, not just in membership, but making sure that we are able to be stable and a vital portion of the United States. Thank you very much. All right, let's hear from Connie Sims. Connie. Thank you, Kim, and thank you, Paul, um, and the Board of Publications for having this. Um, I am Connie Sims from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I am married to my wonderful husband, Seth, and I've had low vision since birth um, and almost lost my sight a little bit and then got some mo- some of it back. Um, Seth is totally blind and hearing impaired. So um, low vision blindness has always been huge for me. Um, I am currently the president of the South Dakota Association of Blind. I have served in the past as their board of directors. Um, I helped with the state treasury. Uh, on our local chapter, I have been the president the treasurer and um, the vice chair. So I feel like with my background of leadership and um, advocacy work, I feel like I could bring a lot to the board of directors. I have been an advocate all my life. My parents taught me to be an advocate when I was a child um, and because they had an advocate. So they taught me how to do that. And I feel that it's huge. I grew up in a rural area. Um, just like Donna, I am from a rural state, and I, I want to work to help the rural states, the smaller communities, um, succeed. You know, funding for transportation, for elections, for anything is different in rural Thirty seconds, Connie. than any other place. Um, I'm also on the voting task force, and I am proud of that because we can have everyone vote. And... I want everyone to have inclusion. So I wish you um, that you'll vote for me, and I hope that everyone will be able to vote and be included and be part of the ACB family. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you Miss Connie. And um, last on the list, but certainly not least, I'm going to recognize Zelda Gebhardt to tell us about herself and her position that she's seeking. Good evening, everyone. I'm Zelda Gemhart, and I am seeking a position. I'm seeking re-election on the Board of Publications, which I've probably served on the last two years. Um, I feel like that once upon a time, I heard um, a quote from Alfred Lord Tennyson saying, I am a part of all that I have met. Well, I feel like many of you on this call tonight I am who I am because of of meeting you and watching you and learning from you. And I I am from Edgeley, North Dakota. I'm a hardworking, dedicated 
volunteer. I've been um, a part of ACB since 2003 when I became a member of the North Dakota Association of the Blind. Um, I have served as editor and vice president, membership chair, president, and now I'm, I'm the new um, immediate past president, and I'm, I'm really anxious for the next chapter in, in my, um, my serving of, in North Dakota. Um, I'm also a part of a special interest affiliate, CCLVI, and there I have served, too, as, as a director and as first vice president. Um, as a membership chair on several committees, it's been my pleasure to to be a part of of um, of ACB and serve on the national level um, on the DKM first timers committee, um, also on the auction committee. Um, it's just been a pleasure to to meet and get to know um, all of all of everybody who's out there and i look forward to 30 seconds miss um, Zelda. being a part of of um of that in a in a deeper more um more concentrated way i i am really excited about acb and the opportunities that we have at this time and i just want to be a part of that um my my opportunity of in my work history of being able to transition um, our um, our little medical facility into a healthcare network helped me form a lot of policies and, and work and and I thank you for this opportunity. Thank, thank you. you. It's amazing how quickly time goes by. We never seem to have enough time to say what we really want to. But, but the only good news is that everybody is under the same constriction. So. so we have a question that is for board of directors members. And, and, and I think that um, I think we're going to get our questions out of the way and then leave it up to, an, to the audience. And if we don't have enough questions, then, of course, we've got some others. <laughs> but we've been through a lot during the pandemic. So what we want to ask the, the folks who are running for the board to please take a moment to share one thing that ACB either did well or that the ACB could have done better during the last year and a half and share how we can leverage this experience to build a stronger and more resilient organization for the future. And we're going to allow about a minute and a half for this. And I think I think we'll start the other way. So why so why don't we start with uh, with a couple of the new folks? Um, why don't we start with Mr. Kenneth Simeon first? Well, one thing about we learned last year, like our DCAM committee, uh, at first we thought we could not have a reception. So the whole committee really thought it's not, not going to be easy to have a virtual conference. So. This is the first thing that comes to mind. We ended up working through that after we witnessed so many others being enthusiastic and believing that we could uh, until we began to start picturing this beautiful uh, reception that we have to plan every year. And it turned out very good. What I learned from all of those things that we succeeded at is that there's so much more that we could have done if we just thought about some of the ideas a little bit sooner. So, and it helps us to be able to even think about what we do for ACB. Uh, we have to be open and really as Dan said, even even in the beginning, flexible. 
really think about these things are going to come upon us at times we don't know, but we should still continue to press forward, even when it seems to be challenging, and keep our focus on what we need to achieve. We want ACB to be better, continue to build the momentum that we have going right now. I want to contribute to that. And that experience last year, I feel like it strengthened ACB to be first, uh, one of the first blindness organizations to have a virtual conference. And we all were a part of it. And so that's a great memory a number of us will hold on to. 30 seconds, Mr. Ken. Ah, all right. Miss Connie. Thank you, Paul. I think one thing that was good for ACB is the voting. Um, it forced us, we, it's been in the talks for years, and to be able to do virtual voting and do possibly hybrid voting, I think is huge. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this year turns out. I think everyone, having everyone able to vote, that is humongous. It's not just the members that can go in person and vote, but it's every single one of us. And I am so proud to be part of that process that we worked together with the Constitution people and worked the D.C. Code, and we were able to do that. I'm looking forward to not just having some people vote, but everyone, the affiliates vote, everyone. A lot of people don't go because they can't afford it. And now we're looking at the future. And I think if I'm on the board, I look forward to having hopefully resolutions and bylaws done virtually also. I think that it's going to be continuously. I think this is just the start of something new for ACB. And it's an exciting time for us to move forward. I mean, it's, it's been looked at for years, and it, it hasn't come to fruitation, but now it has. I mean, 30 seconds. Wonderful, wonderful committee. Everyone is working well. Um, and it might be a few glitches this year, but I think it will be fun. I think, you know, we have some things looking forward to, we say, voting 2.0, you know, 2.2. Um, that we're going to have another task force and we're planning on things for right after the convention. So I thank you. And that's what I think is one huge thing for ACB. Excellent. Thank you very much, Ms. Connie. Um, Mr. Jeff. Yes. Thank you, Paul. I think that one of the greatest achievements that this organization has done over the last few years is uh, bringing the community together and this has been really, really great. You know, we've been all either working or, or living at home and not really going out and doing anything. And the community has been a, a tremendous asset uh, and has brought a lot of people together and, and truly treated everyone uh, like a family. I, I do think, though, that this has brought up some interesting challenges for the organization as well from the standpoint of uh, a lot of the people who maintain that infrastructure you know, potentially maybe uh, feeling a little tired. Uh, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of work that goes on uh, with with streaming and hosting and, and all of these different things that, that go on for all of these events, uh, not to mention all of the uh, audio editing and podcasting and all of that, all of that work. So I think as an organization, we need to, to not change anything in reference to the importance of the community because that is truly something very very special we don't want to to mess that up but we need to get 
smarter about how we as an organization handle this from a communications and planning strategy. And this will also impact the organization overall in all things that we do, in the ways that we communicate the voice of ACB and getting our message out. We hired a communications manager, and she's there for a purpose, to be able to help us push for that three- to five-year strategic plan. And communication is, in my opinion, the most important thing that we need to do to make sure that we're successful here. At least it's one of the biggest. So that's what I think, Paul. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Trot. I think uh, overall that we did well the last two years. We came out of it extremely well financially, and we thought that that might not happen. But not only have, have we survived through it, we actually grew. The other thing is that we started involving our membership from boots on the ground up, and people actually got a good idea of what ACB does for them by what they do for ACB in that you can stay at home and, and, and work and, and do your local thing and say, what do I get from the national? That's a question I've always heard. And now you can actually go home and at night and, and go to ACB radio with 10 streams in ACB media, excuse me. It's hard teaching old dog new tricks. And it gives us the opportunity to communicate back and forth. You're learning more and more each day about what's going on at the national level and with our staff and our board. And I think that uh, the growth we had uh, from you with with over a million dollars in in-kind donations, which was four, four million volunteer hours, that is a lot. And we're tracking this kind of stuff now. And, and it's going to help us in the grants program and to bring on people from outside some of the big corporations they see that our membership is actually giving back. So I think that we learned more than anything else. That's what was the best thing that we got out of the past two 30 years. 30 seconds, sir. Um, I think if there's any, any downside to it at all is that, you know, we didn't grow fast enough, but we did grow. And I think now that it's going to be up and it's going to behoove us to help our state and, and special interest affiliates to gain members that they might have lost through members at large because we want people to belong to their state and local affiliates because that's where a lot of the groundwork gets done for the things that we do nationally. Thank you, sir. Very good. Mr. Spoon. Well, thank you, Paul. Um, I think uh, what we did really good over the last year and a half was we were willing uh, as an organization to take some calculated risks and it was very you know it was it was hard it was ch- change change was coming at us at an amazing pace just wave after wave after wave and i i think you know when the board stood up on uh, march 30th a year ago and and unanimously voted to have a a virtual convention and to work together for for ACB to, to do our best to be creative and pull it all together and then getting so many people involved. We ended up with 108 breakout sessions with over 400 participants and our committees and our special interest affiliates all had a tremendous role to play and they all rose to the occasion. And you, you couple that with the community events, which started out with three and then 11 
and has now grown to, in many cases, 100 events a week, and all done by blind people and visually impaired people helping blind and visually impaired people. It's just been spectacular to see the collaboration. 30 seconds, Dan. What I think that has, has also provided for us is just continue that momentum. Our D.C. Leadership Conference, where our advisory steering committee, our advocacy steering committee, stepped up and put all of this wonderful programming together with, uh, you know, the, the support of our staff, Clark Rackfall and Eric and Tony and Kelly. And what that did was show that over and over again, we can accomplish what we dream to accomplish. And so I think I've just been so proud of where this organization has stepped up and made made the, the tough decisions to move our, our organization forward. Thank you, sir. Miss Donna. The first thing that came to my mind was just the forward thinking of the ACB staff, for example, like Tony Stevens implementing or, or making people aware of the payroll protection, you know, mm-hmm. plan thing. And um, that helped uh, ref- uh, put resources into our treasury that really we might have not had otherwise. Um, but we also had our other staff. Um, I just, you know, was amazed with people who, Cindy Hollis, who thought of, let's do something. People might be lonely. Uh, we, we need to reach out to these people. Um, and my word, uh, <laughs> it ballooned into the community. Um, so I think that the first thing really is the, the, um, flexibility and the determination of the staff and our members to find resources to serve the ACB community and to um, step up and, and uh, have a uh, virtual convention to the extent that, I mean, it was huge. Um, and also for the many members that volunteered to, to help put that on. Um, and it's going to be the same thing this year. But I, I just think we took advantage and, and we sought out resources to um, expand our community and uh, affiliates, I think, have uh, expanded their resources to uh, have activities in ways that they thought they never would. And, and in many cases brought new members and members were able to participate who would not otherwise be able to. So thank you very much, Miss Donna. So, Ms. Kimmer, we, we have a choice. We can, we can um, go out to our audience and have them ask a few questions, or we can, we can do the single question for Ms. Zelda. Or well, let's, we can... uh, let's give Ms. Zelda an opportunity to shine here and yeah. ask her Very a question. <laughs> so, over the past several years, the Board of Publications and the ACB Braille Forum Editor have done a very good job of strengthening the quality and the variety of content in the ACB Braille Forum and the eForum and other ACB publications. Um, I'd like to have you take a minute to share what you think should come next. How can the ACB improve the quality of its publications and what can you do to help make this needed improvement a reality? Um, you um, you could have two minutes to tell us what some of those <laughs> thoughts might be. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you, Kim. Um, I really think that um, 
you know, resilience is, is the key issue here. And I think flexibility will be what our future for the Board of Publications um, in the future. Um, with the change in the, um, the leadership uh, roles with the addition of the steering committees, that's kind of shifted things a bit. And I think we need to gather our footing and and know uh, really what place we have at the table. Um, you know, I, I, I believe that uh, we still have important roles to fulfill. Um, they may be different, and we have to, to look um, toward the future and see um, just how that might might change things and remain flexible. Um, you know, when, when, um, when change happens, other change happens too. And, and we need to, um, evaluate where the organization is currently and, and, um, seek as to how our positions on the BOP as the BOP um, might need to shift slightly um, with with those changes. Um, I, I do think that um, the the themed um, newsletters have been popular and have encouraged people who hadn't previously uh, thirty seconds articles to to go ahead and you know um, to to. Uh, Present their their point of view, and in that particular fashion, uh, according to those those themed um, themed editions. And I'm just ready for the ride. I I am ready to um, dig in and do what I can. Uh, that's kind of my my theme is if you're not a part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And so. Um, I look for ways of problem solving and and uh, working through situations, and I'm I'm ready and 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 willing to to serve in that fashion. Thank you, thank you, Zelda. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Miss, do we do we get to ask folks in the audience if they have questions? Well, I think we might do that now, Mr. Patrick. Kim, thank you very much. This is Pat Sheen. So my question is, ACB has just been given $5 million, erecting a statue to David Trott. How do you spend that money? So we, we got given $5 million because we elected a, because we erected a, a statue? No, no, no. Or we're uh, about to. I'm not sure we got no, that. No, no. Yeah. You, you, so ACB has been given $5 million. How would you spend that? Oh, how would we spend it? How would would you spend it? Now, you could have that statue to David Trott. Well, we could. Yeah. Yeah, So, so Kim and I will take turns this time. Who do you want to go first, Kim? Um, (laughs) Gosh, I I really got bogged down on that statue of David Trott. I don't know why, but (laughs) maybe we should let him defend himself as to why or why not. There we go. There we go. We'll start there. What do you think? A minute minute each for this question, Ms. Kim? (laughs) Maybe 90 seconds if they need it. 90 seconds. Mr. Trott, you're up. Five million dollars. I definitely don't recommend you do it. Uh, a statue of David Trice. First of all, it wouldn't have any hair in the water to fall straight down. So, but uh, realistically, if if we got five million dollars, I would like to see um, about 
40% of that go into our legacy endowment because we do want to protect the future of our organization. I think then the, the other 3 million, we might put, uh, do something we've never done before. I would like to see us split that one and a half million a piece and, and work that into our state and special interest affiliates to where they would gain from our windfall. Secondly, the other one and a half million, I would like to see it put a, put in a position to where uh, we we know by what we're doing now with the professionalism of our staff. We've hired some quality staff people over the last two years, and we already had some in place. We, we've got a great group of people, and we need to be sure that we can do what we need to do for the future of ACB. And the one and a half million dollars, I would say, put toward staff and toward future projects of ACB, we could look at doing some things that we've never done before. But the most important part of that thing, I believe, in $5 million would be putting the 40% into the legacy endowment and the $1.5 million down to our affiliates and uh, special interest affiliates because that's where the work 30 seconds. If you give these folks the money and the opportunity, they've already proven over the last two years that our membership can do a whole lot of things. So, you know, given it takes money to do anything, you hear me say that all the time, I'm always begging for it. And if you give up, and y'all have over the last two years, this, this would be a great opportunity to give down. So, Patrick, I know you're going to tell me the truth. The check's in the mail. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let some of the other folks have um, a little bit of I opportunity so. to dream a little bit. How, how about Miss Donna? Miss Brown. Okay. Uh, so $5 million. Um, well, I'm going to echo David and I'm, I'm not going to go into percentages. That That's a little, uh, I, just a little harder for me to do than, than a treasurer. <laughs> well, of course I am a treasurer of an organization, but anyway, um, put some in the, the legacy endowment fund, but also I, I would really love to be able to put some money into um, some programming for like blind and visually impaired school age students to um, introduce them to ACB and, and especially more like teenagers and, and to um, make them have help them become aware of ACB before they can even apply for before they apply for scholarships. And that way, you know, it's kind of like I've, they at least have heard of the organization and participated in activities, gotten to know some of our members. Um, also, some of it I'd like to, of course, go toward um, staff positions and, and to obviously maintaining the offices. And, 30 seconds, uh, Ms. Don. To, um, maybe provide, you know, some nice stipends to for uh, more people to be able to come to leadership uh, seminar and the ACB National Conference and Convention. Very good. Ms. Kim, would you like to go next? All right. Let's, um, let's go back and hear from Dan. Thank you, Kim. Well, I'm going to probably give a, a little bit different answer, which is everybody's going to go, what? But, <laughs> you know, first, Patrick, thank you, but you're going to have to up that check because $5 million is just not enough for where our dreams are. So <laughs> I, I know you uh, you know our five-year, three-year, and one-year targets. And right now, our, our annual revenue for ACB is approximately $2 million a year. 
And right now, our three-year target calls for that to grow to 3.5 million, and then by five years to go to 5 million a year. And so, why is that? Why do we need that money? We need that money to provide more services to our community. Uh, we need to hire more staff. Uh, we need to have more investments in programs, uh, in infrastructure. Jeff Bishop would tell you right now, we, you know, we, we do all this IT stuff and we don't even have a full-time IT employee on staff. Uh, we do it uh, – just a huge amount of it through volunteerism. And so I, I really believe what we need to look at is, yes, money needs to go in the endowment fund. Uh, but I, I really think we need to think about if, because this is reality. We're trying, what our budget calls and our plan calls for us to grow by 150% over the next five years. And we have in our strategic plan a whole list of things that we will do with that money. And so I think it's really important to look at investing in the staff, investing in our programs. 30 seconds, Dan. In developing new programs. And part of those programs are strengthening our affiliates, both our state affiliates and our special interest affiliates. Because in the long run, ACB is only as good as our members and our friends. And so we are a membership organization. And in the bottom line, we have to grow our organization to that 95% of the blind and visually impaired population that's not a member of either NFB or ACB or blinded veterans. This is where our money needs to be invested. Mr. Bishop. So, uh, first of all, Dan, I just wanted to tell you, you do have a full-time IT person. At least, uh, if you were to add up all the time. (laughs) I know, but our full-time, we have a full-time IT person and a contract IT person. Yeah, I know. It's a a little nuts. uh, But we don't have is is money to pay for them right now. That's right. That's right. So, I've thought a lot about this. And uh, first of all, $5 million doesn't really go that far if you were to look at... uh, today's dollar it's not like it's not like 30 years ago and uh, i i thought you know if i had five million dollars what would i do to ensure that the organization would be sustainable meet its three to five year plan and have the largest amount of impact in uh changing the lives of our membership and i think i have a couple of answers at least i i would hope i i would um First of all, we need to strengthen the organization uh, with our seniors and families. Families are so critically important in this organization. And when I say families, I'm talking about brand new couples who are just raising, you know, really small children who may be blind, bringing them in the organization early uh, and and getting them to understand what being a part of ACB is, is about. And then what about seniors? Well, we know that there's going to be a a major influx of people who are blind or visually visually impaired uh, in the next 20 to 30 years. And that's mainly due to health issues, right? And we, we do not have really accessible health equipment to be able to allow people to live independent lives. We have some, but we're, but you know, this industry has not done enough. So I would put probably a, probably a good half of that money away for our rainy day fund. 
But I would really strengthen families and strengthen seniors by strengthening uh, what we can do as an organization to improve the lives of people uh, in reference to their health. Because if you do not have your health, it won't matter if you're a member or not. Because that's what, that's what it's really all about. So that's what I would do. I would focus on an impact that could change people's lives, both for those who are young and those who are, uh, you know, more senior in our, in our organization. Both are very, very critically important. Kim, which of our new folks? <laughs> I think I'd like um, Kenneth Simeon Sr. to speak now. Okay. Well, I don't know as much as Dan, David, uh, or Jeff about where we are with strategy uh, and, and how much money we have goals set for, for the future. But if I uh, think about things like this, even within my organization, I do what I would normally do even with my own funds. And I would begin uh, with saving, uh, determine a certain amount that we want to save. But if I were working with uh, the board right now to make this decision, I would want to talk to our staff. I would, I would need to be familiar with every program program that we have in place currently and see how we can strengthen all of those. And I'm also with David on the endowment fund, strengthening that. But I, I'm focusing on, I would focus also on a public awareness campaign, uh, put some dollars in, in, in place to make sure that we were better known out in the community and uh Make sure that people are aware of who we are, what we do, how they can benefit from being a part of ACB, and also possibly even have some diversity and and inclusion training, since that's been a big focus among nonprofits uh, through these past few years. Uh, You hear it all the time, diversity, equity, inclusion. But what if we worked to make sure that our members really understood how important it is that we would begin to respect one another, listen to one another. So some funds would go toward education. Uh, for students and future leaders, leadership programs. And uh, so the biggest thing is be able to make sure we know what, what we owe right now, what we can and strengthen uh, to continue. Thank you, sir. Ms. Connie. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what everyone else has said. I'm going to look at it as um, rural infrastructure. With that being said, You know, rural areas have been left out a lot. So we need transportation. We need broadband. Um, There are certain areas of the states that don't even have broadband. They don't have transportation. And we need to have that inclusion, equity, um, and diversity. And that's part of bringing that rural more accessible to ACB. Um, I have a... I have a, a member who is doesn't have long distance, um, does not have internet. She's had to go to the library to use internet. And she last year had to listen to ACB radio for a little bit for 15 minutes on ACB radio, and it cost her $15. You know, we need to figure something else out to help buy Alexis or help people who have low income or rural and health and fitness because we don't have the health and fitness. 30 seconds, Miss Connie. Thanks, Paul. We don't have the rural health and fitness programs that the bigger urban cities do. So we need to use some of that money, if not all of it, you know, 5 million is like Jeff said, doesn't go very far nowadays, but we need to reach out to the rural states and there's so much. I mean, 97% of the geographic area of the U.S. is rural. 
So we need to think about that, that we really need to include the rural areas. And that may mean low vision, that would be young, that would be elderly, that would be everyone. Thank you. Ms. Kim, even though I guess this was asked as a board question, I think the Board of Publications might want some money too. Should we give Zelda sure. a chance to answer as well? Well, I think we absolutely should. So, well, Zelda. Paul. Uh, you think we should have a budget for the BOP? Absolutely. I do. <laughs> okay. I think you could do All something right. with a little money. Well, <laughs> I'd like, you know, as has been mentioned by a couple um, of individuals, that, you know, our affiliates are only as strong as the national, and the national is only as strong as the affiliates. And so I think I think we have kind of a relationship like a, like a joint bank account, so to speak, you know, where everybody is making deposits and everybody is making withdrawals. And I really think that um, we should strengthen, you know, there have been a lot of good um, ideas thrown out there. But what I think it really comes down to is an empowering each individual member uh, where where they're at, whether they're a senior or whether they're a, a student um, empower them to be the best advocates that they can be. And I would like to, yes, number one, you know, we've, we've got to put some away for the future. Uh, that's always a good, good thing to do. But I think it would be a really good thing to invest in our, in our membership by helping them, um, become the best advocates they can be and, and, and 30 seconds, Ms. Zelda. Thereby in increasing employment and, you know, um, all kinds of different opportunities um, specific to those individual needs. Mr. Patrick, that was a great question. What do you think, Kim? Shall we, shall we see if the audience has another great question? I think we should check. Good evening. Hi there. Hello. Well, I don't have any money to give away. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll have to go a different direction with you. Okay. You've got an interesting question for us. But you have time and I talent. I have some that's bills, right. but that's another call. <laughs> different kind. <laughs> All right. So my question is on inclusion and diversity. And I mean this as far as ethnicity and gender background, income, and, of course, uh, you know, just different areas. There are, there are areas where our blindness movement doesn't reflect in our organization the outer society. And how would you go about changing that? And, and without getting into the reasons for it, because that that's not where I'm going with this. I'm going with this, like, what can we do right now going forward to, to increase inclusion and diversity in our organization? So you're looking for specific steps, Mr. John Marie. Mm-hmm. Very yes. good. Yes. Okay. Can you want to pick first? Taking. Well, one thing, I first thing I thought about when, as Regina spoke, I would want to get with our membership committee, the, the chair starting off with the chair and our membership services coordinator, and really think about how we can meet together to talk about some of those things that uh, members have concerns about in relation to uh, inclusion of uh, everyone. 
everyone. And once we set this as a goal, we could uh, really start working on those various areas where we know we where we can find those individuals and make sure that we, we reach out to them. Uh, we're a blindness organization. We don't always uh, reach out to the deafblind community. Uh, but beyond that, I think that it's, uh, it's so important that we, we all we get some information uh, or input from uh, those people that have a, a, a concern and love uh, the, the membership and want to grow the membership. But And working with folks that are already members and have been members for a while, make sure that nobody's feeling left out. We can find identify ways to make sure that people know what is going on within ACB and how they can fit and uh, make sure that we just do whatever we can to uh, include them intentionally. Dan, do you want to take this question, what we have done or what we are doing moving forward? I'd be happy to. Um, So uh, Regina, thank you very much for the question. And um, I I think we've, um, we've had an awakening uh, not only inside the American council of blind this year, but I think, uh, hopefully in in society as a whole with what happened with the George Floyd murder and, you know, subsequent uh, uh, activities that happened throughout the summer. And so I, I first want to say thank you to the Multicultural Affairs Committee where Regina is a member of that and, and what has happened in the area of passing a resolution this last year, uh, dealing with diversity uh, as uh, ethnicity and race, as well as gender identity. And one of the parts of that resolution was asking ACB to make sure that we go out and find out from our membership, where are we? What are our demographics right now? It's hard to measure and know if you're improving if you don't know where you're starting. And so that was part of the resolution that was unanimously passed by the Resolutions Committee and by our ACB board. Uh, And uh, you're seeing those uh, fields out there right now that are being filled in and populated. Uh, you know, obviously, people have the option to opt out of those if they do not wish to share that information. It's voluntary, but most of our members are, and I think it adds a lot of value. Uh, we also tried to make some really intentional moves, and I think intentional, Kenneth said this word, is so important. You've, you've got to be intentional about it. Uh, we had diversity and uh, training for both our board and our staff board, our board of publications as well. We did that at our DC leadership conference this last year, uh, as well as the fact that we had sexual uh, assault training and really assault training sounds like a terrible, but sexual awareness training and really making sure that we put the rock proper uh, 30 seconds down. policies in place to, to report any kind of, uh, sexual misconduct that took place. In addition to that, I think we must continue uh, to reach for opportunities to mentor folks, uh, to always find how do we build capacity, build leaders. Uh, we also worked through our community events to make sure everybody was treated safe and respectfully and welcome uh, to participate. And I think we've done that by putting some guidelines in place to keep people from being discriminated against. So it's a journey. It's an evolution. And uh, I want to be part of that, uh, of that evolution for ACB. Let's go to um, Donna Brown. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'd like to see us expand um, some of the things that we've already done. Um, 
I think maybe offer some more education in, in this area to not only the board and the staff, but um, our leaders, um, leaders in the affiliates. And, and because a lot of ACB activities happen at the chapter and affiliate level. And so I think um, it really has to start there as well. Uh, people need to feel included there. And I know not every member is of ACB is a member of a chapter or an affiliate, but Many are. Um, and also, I, I would like to just uh, see us have um, more ed- education and, and opportunities to um, even become aware of, of our, our membership. Uh, I do know some people are a little hesitant in filling in those fields. So I think maybe educating our ACB community and why those fields are there. I know we have a little bit, but I think maybe more education in that area could be done Hmm. uh, so that, that our um, members understand why we need to, why we'd like to know that information. Uh, That's really about all I. Let's hear from our other, our other new person who's running Miss Connie. Thanks, Paul. It, thanks, Regina. It's a, it's a good question. Um, diversity is is huge. I think again, it it happens on the local chapter, local level. I think that we need to mentor people. I think all individuals. I think we need to make sure that minorities are on committees and subcommittees. Um, in South Dakota, we have the poorest Native American reservation, and trying to include everyone that's a diverse group and inclusion, we need to make sure that everyone is included. You know, it's, it's communications. You know, we, we're doing so much with the Braille Forum. Why not have the Braille Forum in other languages, you know? We have a lot of Spanish, you know, we're doing Spanish calls on community calls. Maybe we need to start doing some Spanish, you know, other, other languages for the Braille form. We need to make sure that everyone is included in that diversity. So, I mean, diversity is so wide open. It can be from, you know, race to poverty, you know, to anything. So I, when I look at diversity, I think it, we just need to have inclusion for everyone. So, I mean, just getting out there and working and having teamwork and mentoring and getting everyone involved, because not everyone can be involved on a national level, but we need to make sure that we have our affiliates and our local chapters know how to make sure that the diverse groups on the local level are included also. Let's see, did we give... David Trot an opportunity to respond. I don't think we have yet. No, I don't think so. Okay, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the question. You, you know, I don't think that we need to look at this as a problem, even though it is. I think we need to look at it from a solution standpoint and start with inclusion, and we've already done that. Uh, every member of ACB will have the opportunity to vote for the first time in our history, and we're 60 years old. That doesn't say much for ACB as far as inclusion. Uh, I'm hoping when we go to a hybrid convention next year, and I urge and commit my support to it, that we will have voting for still for every member of this organization. 
because with your vote, you can change the direction that we go. You can do so much. Your vote empowers you. The second thing I think we need to look at is uh, language inclusion, because we don't do a very good job of that at all. Uh, we have a, a large blind Hispanic community. Uh, we have a large blind Asian American community, and, and we need to look at all these things. Uh, the second question I asked myself was, we, we've included a lot of, of different races over the years. Uh, we started out with a uh, lady that was vice president of ACB, uh, Pam Shaw, and, then, and we had several after that. And you've got to ask yourself, did we not give them the comfort because they go away? They don't go away from ACB, but they go away from the offices. Um, I'm concerned that once we elect someone, that we, we make them feel comfortable, that we make them feel a part of us because you all are truly a part of us. Those of you that know me, that know me at the national convention, I'm out there meeting people because I love people. And it's just an opportunity. I think this is a great opportunity that this has come up because it's not only going to give us the opportunity to do the right thing, but it's going to give us the opportunity to grow. It's going to give us the opportunity to gain expertise that we haven't had in the past. And I think it's just the right way to go. Thank you, sir. And I think the last person, uh, uh, we'll give Zelda a chance if she wants to say something, but I guess the last person we haven't heard from yet is Jeff Bishop. Yeah, thank you, Paul. You know, this is a this is really a great opportunity for the organization to really lean into this and really do more. I think it's a it, it's a issue that we need to um, work on on a number of fronts. First of all, we need to make sure that we're reaching out to all of the people across the organization, whether that be people who are members at large or members of special interest affiliates or state affiliates. And then we need to be providing mentorship and opportunities at all leadership levels. And I think one of the greatest opportunities we have in this organization are our committees. And and these are just great areas where people can learn from others who are serving in this organization and it builds up leadership skills and really pushes the ball forward for opportunity for people to run for board positions and officers and all kinds of things here. So I think we need to be doing that. And then we also need to be encouraging our members to be looking in uh, to themselves to see if they would like to be able to serve. Because I, I remember a number of years ago when we had to go begging for someone to run for a board position because there were at least one that was not, there was no one there to, to fill it. So there is plenty of opportunity in this organization. And I think that it's, it's there for the taking. And we worked really hard this year on, on increasing the stipend for people to be able to serve in this organization. Money should not be the barrier to entry to serve. I, I feel very, very strongly on this, and we need it as an organization to do more, and we need to lean into that and make sure that that happens. Just because you're, you, you, know, you can't spend a couple thousand dollars a year of your own personal money doesn't mean, because you don't have it, doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to serve. And I, I strongly feel this way. So we as an organization, 
whether that's through grants or through just money that we have within the organization, we need to do more because this should not be something that stops someone who truly wishes to serve and make a difference in our organization. I strongly feel that way. Thank you. Zelda, would you like to comment? Yes, I would. I, I kind of feel like I'm on the wrong night here. I'm not We're used glad to just bringing, bringing up the tail here, but um, <laughs> I, I really think that um, an awareness has been brought about. Um, mm-hmm. But we need to go beyond that. Um, you know, everyone is important. Everyone has value, and and everyone has unique perspective. You know, I'm a wife, and I'm a mother, and I'm a grandmother, but I'm more than that, and I'm I'm more than just a low vision person. Um, you know, I, I and everybody is. We're we're so multifaceted that um, I think the the respect. Um, that we show one another, um, you know, and, and the, the, the welcoming that we do to one another to, um, consider each other's viewpoints is, is really the crucial thing here. Um, and it's not just enough to, to, to be invited to be at the table. We actually have to be able to participate at the table and, and know that what we have to share uh, will be accepted. Um, you know, it, we've got to feel safe in in um, sharing our our unique viewpoints, and that's that's a little harder thing to to uh, achieve. Um, I think it's it's incremental, but I think I think with just the adoption of our of our core values goes a long ways because if we take them very seriously, that respect mm-hmm. that we show one another, you know, um, that that's the key. That's the foundation to to really um, including one another. And you know, it isn't a matter of we have so much percentage of of male female ratio or or you know um, nationalities or whatever it. It isn't just that, you know, it needs um, everyone, regardless, um, should be included and feel safe to, to be able to, to share their, their unique perspective. Shall we see if we have another question? Well, I think so. Next, we have Diane Scalzi. Well, good evening, everybody. I'm, I'm really concentrating on this and paying attention. Well, I think my question, at least initially, is for... Mr. Bishop. And um, Jeff, you said that you, I I believe you said that you wanted to encourage leadership to, to get the other, get all of, all of the rest of us to look inside ourselves and figure out how we might serve. Um, I wonder if you have any more specific idea on, on how you would do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this really kind of, I, I really think that, uh, that everyone in this organization at some level wants to make a difference in some way, shape, or form. And we as an organization need to make sure that the opportunities exist. Uh, one, one of the things that we talk about at, at uh, where I work, and, and just for everyone's uh, benefit here, I work at Microsoft. 
And and one of the key principles that that management talks about there is making sure that each employee has given the right opportunities to succeed. And we as an organization need to make sure that each and every individual who has an inkling to serve has an opportunity to achieve and has significant impact to the organization or at least impact that that individual wishes to have. So we need to make sure that we remove barriers that uh, would be a problem for someone uh, you know, that would want to serve. And what kind of barriers are there? One, there's skills. What does that mean? Well, not everybody has leadership skills. So we already have things in this organization where we build up leaders, right? We have our leadership institute and we have other things. We have opportunities to, opportunities to serve at the, at the local and, and national level and, and committees and, and on the board and all of those things. So we need to really establish a, a program across the organization, both at the local level and national level, of mentoring our members and really looking at people who wish to serve and who have uh, an inkling of wanting to do that and putting people in place to assist them to build up leadership skills and build up other skills, whether they be technical or whatever the case may be, whatever that person's, uh, you know, whatever that person needs uh, to be able to achieve. Then put them in roles where they can succeed and make them feel like they're making a difference and and being able to push this organization forward and let them go as far as they want. Don't let anything stand in their way. If they wish to move up in the organization or just stay where they're at, it doesn't matter. You know, there's a lot of really hardworking people in this organization and we love each and every one of you and it's great to see all of you serve. So really it's about reducing barrier to entry, providing great mentorship and and then making sure that we provide significant opportunity for everyone in some way, shape, or form to serve in this organization. Does that answer your question? I'm sorry. I already disabled your talk. Okay. Does anybody else want to jump in on this question? This is Dan. Uh, just, uh-huh. to add, just to add a little bit is I, I agree with Jeff, and I, and I think, again, I keep coming back to the words that we really have to be intentional and, and make you know, make concerted efforts. It's just not going to happen uh, organically on its own, right? So just one small example, uh, when I first became president two years ago, you know, as, as for those who have been in the organization for a little while, the way you communicated up until here just two years ago with our organization is you posted something out on leadership and then the leaders of our organization, you know, sent that information further down the line to the, you know, the state affiliates, special interest affiliates and local chapters. And so I, as soon as I became president, I wrote out to the leadership list and said, I'm really interested in anybody who would like to join a committee for ACB. And I got 10 emails from our leadership list. And so then I, you know, we asked, uh, you know, uh, Sharon and Kelly and Nancy, could I send this message out over constant contact? Because we had now, you know, purchased constant contact and it could go out directly to our members, to everybody that had an email address. So we tried going through our leaders to get to the members to see if they were interested. When I sent the same message out on constant contact, in two days, I got 100 responses of people who wanted to join committees. 
So that took me the better part of a month to go through all those and call everybody and have conversations with them and find out what they were interested in. And at least 90% of those folks we were able to place on committees. And I think what that showed me was there's a thirst out there and we have to be able to be intentional about it and communicate directly to our members and let them know there's an opportunity to get involved. And so I think that, that's just one example, but I think we continue to learn as a leadership team that there's more and more opportunities to do this type of work. Kim and Paul, this is Donna. Can I go? Yeah, I, I think um, the leadership of the organization, we as a, a board uh, also need to be in whatever way, virtually or however it might be, um, you know, mingling with our members and and being cognizant of maybe potential leaders or listening to their interests. And, you know, somebody isn't, most people aren't going to come and say, I I really want to be a leader. I mean, that just isn't, it doesn't really happen generally that way. So I think we need to be aware of, um, the members in, in, in the organization and, and be willing to stretch ourselves and um, pay attention to, to because you can pick up on skills that people have in, in, in a lot of cases by listening to them and being part of the community events. You, you can learn a lot from those. Uh, so I, I just think we as, as a board need to stretch ourselves and, and be out there in the community more and be paying attention to what we hear um, in those different events. Anybody else? I would like to speak. Sure. Thanks. Um, I, I think that, you know, ACB has the right intentions and very intentional that we have the JP Morgan Chase fellows and first timers. Um, myself being a JP Morgan Chase fellow last year. Um, was an honor. And I think this is a great program that we are reaching out um, and having people do the interview process. It, it can be intimidating and it can be, you know, hard for first timers, but I think it's awesome that we're doing that and being intentional, trying to find the leaders, trying to find people that are interested and mentoring them. And then we have the scholarship winners. You look at the young ones that are winning scholarships, and I think that we can foster them also with um, encouragement and support. So I think ACB is doing, you know, intentional. We're we're trying to be very intentional on some of our aspects, and I think we just need to continue that. Because, I mean, everyone, I look at this, and this is how I feel about my my affiliate is that I see that everyone has potential. Just like Jeff said, every single person has potential. I don't care who you are, what your level is, but everyone has abilities and potentials. And it may be something minor. You may not think it's big, but it is. I mean, every little thing matters. And if all of us could just do one little thing, it makes everyone else's job more or less strenuous and beneficial. So I think getting everyone involved and doing the programs that we're doing and keep increasing that type of a program is huge. Last chance. This is Kenneth. Kenneth, go ahead. 
At, at times, uh, there are those of us who may not even know where we want to fit, where we, uh, you know, what is expected. Uh, so I, I can remember uh, just being a part of a church where uh, they came to me and said, hey, we want you to teach Sunday school. We want you to work in the office. We want you to do this or that. And I said, me? I didn't think I could do it. But even in school, you know, you would wonder, why would somebody want you to be where I come from? And sometimes it all, how we feel comes from our background and all. Uh, when they wanted me to be the president of the class, me, you know, uh, they saw something in me. And we, I believe we should all uh, kind of look at focusing on our members, getting to know them, have conversations with them. As I've done with my chapter members, taking them out for lunch, just have a conversation at times and even by phone. And then you begin to acknowledge some things that are, are there within and them and you compliment them uh, on this or that. And you can identify a way that they can, at least you can begin working with them them to feel that they are uh, welcomed and even adequate. Some people don't feel that they are adequate enough to serve in this area. So it takes some, that's where mentoring really comes in, but it takes us to really look for those people uh, and find some way to include them. And sometimes once they're included, they thrive. And I've done that through school, through church, and that's why I've been volunteering since a teenager because other people saw something in me that I didn't even see. And they, they alerted me about it. David, did I hear you wanted to jump in? Yes, I did. Uh, one of the things I think we could do uh, that would be real good to help people is having the board known that we're accessible. Uh, a lot of people think that we're on the board that, you know, we, we don't want to fool with every member or whatever. But that's not the case. Uh, we need to have our information out there where people can contact board members and officers and no, we, we get feedback from them, and then we get to know them. Uh, I mean, Paul and I grew up in a convention where to get to know somebody, you had to be at convention. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not at that level anymore. We, we've risen high above that. And I'll take this time to say that to prove what I'm saying to you, if I'm reelected as treasurer this time, this will be my last term. I plan to look for a couple of people to mentor. Uh, to, to have a chance at being elected treasurer when, when we elect again, because a lot of people think, well, I don't want to be treasurer of ACB because I don't want to handle their money. Well, it's funny because this is the only treasurer job I ever had where you don't handle anybody. Uh, you do need the financial background and you do need uh, a budgetary structure background. You need to know a little bit about those things, but uh, we don't handle any money. And we do want to include people. I had a mentor. I had to learn. Uh, fortunately, I was on the board for several years before before I became treasurer. And I had two treasurers that I learned from how ACB did business. So, you know, I think that us being out there and people knowing our contact information and knowing that we're open to you, we want to hear from you because we want ACB. We're not there because it's it's some kind of pride thing. We're there because we have a love for ACB, and we want to share that love with you. Paul, I have a comment from David's comment, if that's okay. Go ahead, Jeff. You know, we have a we have a board um, affiliate liaison program, and and that has had uh, some success, but I think it be could be stronger. And and something I've been really thinking about, and and Dan, I haven't talked to you about it, so here you go, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff. I, 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 re- I really think that, and I've, I've thought a lot about this, and, and I, it's something that I think we need to do as an organization, which is 
We need to have monthly a monthly meeting where board members rotate in and out. And it's a community event where a, a two or three board members come and listen to whatever the uh, people need to tell them. They also need to give a report to the organ, you know, to the community itself. And then when the next group comes in, you leave at least probably one of those people from the prior event there to give a report on any questions that the people had from the prior event. And you rotate board members in and out of that, of that cycle. And what does this do? Really? Well, it makes sure that every board member gets an opportunity to be heard by the community and gets that involvement of listening because that's part of mentoring too. And you're right. You know, it, it's it's uh, people generally don't jump up and say, "I want to be a leader." That's correct, and that's why mentorship is so crucially important. And this is why we, as a board, need to be out there and and listening to everyone constantly. And I think if we were to do a community event such as that, it would really greatly help making sure that everyone is knowing that, that our board is listening to each and every one of us, uh, and and. Uh, and also we're, that we're listening to each and every one of them. So it goes both ways. We ha- you know, you have to have that bi-directional communication. Paul, should we try to take one more question from the audience and then do a closing wrap-up? I think there are I think there are two more hands up. So why don't we see if we can take them both? But folks, why don't you try to make your answers just 30 to 45 seconds this time? So next we have Terry Pacheco, and you should be able to speak. Good evening, everyone. I want to wish you all well. Uh, in this upcoming election. Um, this has been a segue to the question I've been sitting here for an hour and a half to ask. <laughs> and that is, hmm. that is that I would like to know, and I think many of our members would like to know, just just what each of you has been doing in the past year to get feedback from our members and what you plan to do in the future. I think Jeff's idea is wonderful. I think the other piece of it is, when you go for feedback, you'll, I think you will learn that there are many members in this organization who could mentor many of our staff and many of our leaders as it is now. And I think that um, I'd just like to know what each of you feel about uh, what you've done and what you intend to do as far as getting feedback from people, especially before you vote on the resolutions this year. Thank you. Do we have a volunteer to go first? Sure, I'll go first if you want me to. I've, I feel like ahead, Dan. lots of opportunity. I I uh, I, I answer <laughs> multiple phone calls a day, multiple emails a day. Uh, I uh, never miss an opportunity to, to appear on uh, Terry's Visibility Show or Paul's uh, Tuesday Topics or Anthony's Sunday uh, Edition. Uh, also, presidents' uh, meetings. I try to attend those on a regular basis. I, you know, they they like to hear from other people than me, but I'm always uh, always available for those as well as our uh, committee chairs' meetings. Uh, I try to jump in on community socials and all kinds of other events. I do a Let's Talk Sports show every month to talk to people. I saw Di- I heard Diane earlier. Great to hear her voice. So anything I, I and in everything I can do to to hear from our members, I'm open to that. And uh, yeah, I I like Jeff's idea. Someone else? Sure, I'll take it. Yep, Jeff. Uh, I'm going to say this, and I and, and I'm and I'm happy to admit it. Um, I I I think we could do a great deal better at this. 
uh, I definitely am, am out there and constantly listening to, to members. Uh, I will admit sometimes I get bogged down in just doing. Uh, <laughs> it, it, there's a lot of work to be done, and sometimes that gets in the way of, of um, being as available just because, you know, uh, when I'm not working or sleeping, I'm, I'm doing something. <laughs> so that, that makes it difficult. So um, I think that we... I can just speak for myself, but I think that we could, I could do what I could do better in this area. But um, I think everyone can can do better at, at listening. It's it's what we do after we listen that's that's most important, right? It, that we're that we're listening, gathering that data, and acting on it. And that's why I think having a process where we're constantly listening, taking feedback in assessing it and then bringing it back to the community is so crucially important and being able to have that pulse uh, on of listening to the community listening to the organization acting on it and finding out if the actions that we're taking are are the the things that this organization wants us to achieve and if not then we will go back and fix it so i think that that would be my response to this next go ahead obviously we got speak up okay um, uh-huh. I guess, you know, for me, being the communication outreach specialist for um, the voting task force, I feel like I've really reached out to, I've done like 28 presentations. I've done a lot of um, one-on-one calls, um, and I'm happy to do that. And I would continue to do that. I think all the communications that we can do, all the outreach we can do, um, getting to know our members is the big thing, the communication. And it's, it's big because I, I love talking to individuals all the time. I mean, I have people call me and I'm happy to take those calls. I mean, I can be on a phone for an hour and I'm fine with that. If that's what it takes to help a member understand. And if that's on a national level or a local level, I, I think that you take that time to get to know your members and, you outreach, like Jeff has said and Dan has said, you, you just continue. And we have that, that mentoring. And um, we just need to make sure that our members are always know that the door is open, that we can always reach out, especially with the board liaisons. I mean, that's, that's a huge thing. And I think um, being able to know that we can have that and feel comfortable reaching out to someone and know it's safe, that you're not going to be judged and included. I think that would be a, the big thing. I think that just communicating and being there. Thank, thank you, you, Ms. Connie. David. Okay. David. I was beginning to think my long-distance calls wasn't going to get through here. These guys <laughs> passed on these mics. Um, I, I do a, a lot of the programs like Dan. I enjoy doing them, but I enjoy hearing the feedback, and I enjoy hearing the questions that are asked. Uh, I think that we all could learn to listen better. I learned that a long time ago. And uh, give you an example of that. You used to get this long-winded treasure support that a buddy of mine told me, said, can't you get the bottom line up there quicker? Because I'm asleep by the time you get to the end of it. <laughs> and that brought up uh, the thing we do now, which is the narrative. And people seem to enjoy it. Um, of course, you know, our books are open. Uh, but uh I've had a lot of compliments and, and actually no complaints of going to the narrative. I think that my ability to listen 
And when I do the shows like Tuesday Topics uh, some and Anthony's program, some of the others, um, you know, we get feedback from the questions, and, and we need to listen to those questions and not just answer them there, but, but bring it back uh, to our position and see how it will help us move forward and help people get their issues resolved. We'll take Donna and then Kenneth. How's okay. that? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is really uh, thought provoking and, and, and it, it's a great uh, question. So um, I do participate in, in some of the community calls. Uh, unfortunately, I can't participate in all of them, but I do listen to all of them as podcasts as much as you think that's ridiculous. Um, so anyway, um, even though I, I don't get to answer people's questions, you know, right, right in 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 the, in the live uh, event, um, I do put them in my <laughs> in my head. So, for example, um, I heard on Paul's uh, Tuesday topics a couple weeks ago they were talking about resolutions, and actually, I just listened to this recently. I was a little bit behind. Sorry, guys. Um, but Terry Pacheco uh, presented, you know, about the board members attending resolutions committee uh, meetings and stuff. And I thought, you know, that that's good. I, I need to do that. So I think we as board members, um, you know, be willing to uh, be a part of of those when we can. I mean, it's it's impossible to get to every event. Uh, and so I think we as being in attendance of those events, we, we've got to listen to what the members are saying. Um, and I'm like, Jeff, I, I need to do a better job of doing, uh, you know, I, I'm a okay listener, but I'm always not always quick about doing. So I, I want to try to do better with that. Thank you, Terry, for that question. Kenneth. Okay. Uh, Terry, uh, Throughout this evening, we've been talking a lot about inclusion, and I think we all have been trying to do what we can to make sure members are aware of the events that are taking place and encourage them to participate. And sometimes we have to send announcement out, announcement out, announcements out more than once and to make sure that they uh, know uh, how to connect with everything that's going on. But individually, hey, I don't know if you all, I don't think any of you really know this other than people that uh, may be in Texas. Uh, I collect phone numbers, okay? I add you in my phone. And as soon as I know, if I see your phone number by in an email message, I'm putting it in my contacts. And I periodically check with folks just to text or call and uh, just say hello. And sometimes it's just it's mostly on the weekends when I get these thoughts. Certain people come to mind and I want to follow up with them, especially people that I know that live alone, don't have family. Uh, I just call the members locally on our state level. A lot of people, once they know that you care, you've called them personally and spoken to them, some people begin to call me and, and just ask me for advice. Or they just they just want to chat at times. So I try to keep that door of communication open, and I want to get better at that, uh, knowing more people on the national level uh, within the leadership fellows and DKM first-timers. They're all in my contacts, and periodically I'll send a text message, just ask them how they're doing, what's going on, or either call. And uh, ask them to schedule a call with me so we can uh, get get some updates on what's been going on in both of our lives. So there's so many different ways we can communicate. And I'm open to any ideas. And I continue to try to think of new ways to make sure that I'm communicating effectively. This Sorry. is Zelda. I'm just going to take a little little bit different angle at this. And, yes, I do believe that we need to be available to 
to anybody who wants to talk and and to really listen to what they have to say. But I think sometimes what we need to do as leaders is be that connection between individuals to get them together. And, and an example of that is, is what the BOP um, has, has recently done and in that in trying just simply to decide what are we going to do at convention? Um, do we do we want a workshop? You know, what do we want to do? Well, we haven't done an editor's thing for a while, so let's 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 go that direction. How do we really know what they have a need for? Well, let's talk to them. <laughs> so we, we got to talking in that line and developed uh, an editor's list to connect the editors together. They're the ones that are in the trenches doing that particular job. And so we can facilitate them um, getting connected by, um, you know, I just made a bunch of phone calls, made some emails, you know, and, and got them together. Now they're, they're sharing with one another. So I think sometimes it doesn't have to be information that we impart necessarily, but just um, forming a pathway so that they can connect with one another. That's, that's equally as important. So I think we're to the point where we want to get our, the last question from our audience, Ms. Desi. Absolutely. The last questioner for tonight will be Jamaica Miller. Yes, this is uh, Jamaica Miller. My question is for people that are, that are, um, that are just on a telephone and cannot email, how or how would they be able to give how would they be be able to give resolutions to the resolutions committee because right now what it's what it's saying is everybody has to email the resolutions in at this time don't remember if any of the folks from who are running tonight are on the resolutions committee i don't think anybody is um i think there's an answer though paul Oh, there is an answer, and, yeah, and and uh, I could give uh, an answer too, but Jeff probably is going to give the same answer I'm going to give. Go ahead, well, Jeff. <laughs> and and I will too because I'm a member of the resolutions <laughs> right. committee. So, right. but go ahead, Jeff. Want to? Sure. Uh, there's this uh, there's this thing that's been around for a couple hundred years now uh, that you can put a stamp on an envelope and send it into the national office. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, uh, you can write it in Braille. Uh, you know. There's even some people who have pigeons in this organization. You could probably find one of those and have it flown there. Uh, you can uh, put it on a cassette tape. You could put it in print. You could, in, in any way, shape, or form, just get it to the national office. And uh, Sharon or someone of, of, of that ilk will pick it up and get it to the right people so that your voice is heard. Because, uh, trust me, we don't want to leave anyone out. The other thing is, is Jamaica, that... that um if if um, if you can look at the ACB website uh, or listen in on ACB radio, however you're doing it, it with with your phone or in some other way, you'll get the names of the members of the resolutions committee. And if and if you if you call any of us, a- any of us will help you with with a resolution as long as you tell us what you'd like to do. It doesn't have to be written perfectly. Just Tell us what what you want and why you want it. We'll try to turn that into a resolution for you. Paul, this is Dan, and, and that happens quite a bit, right? Where 
It does. Uh, you know, on a and 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 now Gabe uh, Gabriel Griffith is is having, you know, uh, a number of community calls, Jamaica, and so I every know, week I know, I know you participate on the community right. calls, and you can you can call in there and just ask Gabe to assign one of his committee members to reach out to you uh, through Cindy. They can get your your phone number and. And they can uh, they can talk to you and and even help write the resolution, you know. So, and and, and they love doing that. They they they're, they're right, Paul. You, this is sure. You guys, uh, I see you do it over and over again to help people. Yeah, and, and we'll try to make a point of making that announcement so so everybody who's in that position will know it, Jamaica. So thank you for the question. We're starting to. Um wind down our candidates forum for this evening. And we want to give each of you an opportunity to, um, to make a closing statement, to um, summarize and leave a, a thought with the listeners about why they should vote for you and why you want to serve this organization. So to begin, I think I'll select um, Kenneth Simeon to start and we'll just um, work through our group randomly until we've had an opportunity to hear from all of you this evening. Thanks, Kim. Everybody, I just want to mention my name again, Kenneth Simeon Sr. I have been uh, doing a lot of work within ACB on the local level, state and national, even behind the scenes at times. And I want to be able to continue that, but I want to be more in the know about what's going on. So I'm running for a position on the board of directors. And I also love working with a team. And uh, I know I have something to contribute, and each of us do. So putting our minds together and ideas together, we can come up with strategies uh, that lead us to success. So I want to be a part of a team that's going to make things happen for ACB moving forward and build a future for ACB uh, as we come to a place now where things are going well. They can be better, and we have to continue whatever we get started uh, in life. There's a lot of things that start, begin, and then they don't continue but working together as a team, we need somebody to keep keeping that, that uh, ball rolling. And that's, that's that's where succession planning comes in with somebody always uh, that, that may come after us will know what's going on so they'll know what to do moving forward. And that will be our future as we continually uh, include other people in everything that's going on so they'll know, somebody will always know what's, uh, what we can look forward to. And I just want to help in, in every way I can to make ACB better. And I sure hope that you vote for me, Mr. Spoon. Well, thank you, Paul. And I and I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to the members of the American Council of the Blind. It has been an honor and a pleasure to be uh, the president of this wonderful organization for the last two years. Uh, I, I'm so proud of what we've been able to accomplish over very, very difficult times. Uh, it's just been amazing to me how everybody has pulled together and really lived our our five core values of integrity and honesty, uh, of respect, collaboration, flexibility, and initiative. And you've seen all those kind of come together uh, with what we've been able to do with our virtual conventions, with our DC Leadership Conference, with the creation and the growth of our community events, with the growth of our staff, being able to bring on uh, not only a development director, uh, now the second year for Cindy as our membership services coordinator, replace Claire Stanley, 
with Swatha Nadegemar as our advocacy specialist. I bring in Colby to help Cindy uh, promote Joe Lynn to be an audio description project coordinator, and now bringing on uh, Debbie Brown uh, to be our new administrative assistant. So your organization is growing. It's in the best financial position it's been in at least since I've been involved at the national level. And I think there's wonderful momentum here, and I'd love to see us uh, keep that momentum going uh, for another for another two years. And I thank you for considering me for the position of president, and I appreciate your vote. Thank you so much. Kim, you want to choose that? Yes, I think I'd like to hear from Jeff Bishop. Thank you, Kim. Well, everyone, thank you so much for this opportunity to speak to all of you tonight. And uh, really, I, I just want to thank each and every one of you. Uh, I would not be in the position that I am today, uh, even in my career, if it wasn't for ACB. And um, I, I, am, uh, I am honored to be here and to, to serve and to try to make a difference. And I, I'm hoping that you'll uh, allow me to continue that um, on the board for, the, for my next term. We have a lot of things to to work together on as a team because it takes each and every one of us to be able to uh, achieve success for everyone. We have uh, a lot of IT infrastructure infrastructure things to do, uh, building out some new new tools to help Janet and the team uh, with conventions. We're going to be doing that this this coming year. More ACB Media Network things that are uh, in the you know in the fire to, to to build and to to plan around. And, and most importantly, to, to make sure that each and every one of you in this organization has the opportunities that you want to be able to achieve within this organization and try to make a difference. And I promise you that I will do whatever I can on the board to make sure that your voice is heard and that everything that, that we can do as a board is, is, is moving the ball forward to make sure that you can participate in that process, whatever that process would be for you individually, because it takes each and every one of us to succeed. Thank you again so much, and I would appreciate your vote. Thank you. She shall not be last, Ms. Gebhardt. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I just want to say, two years ago, um, when we were at convention, um, I was asked to, to run for the Board of Publications. Had not a thought of it when I, when I went to convention. Um, initially, I said, oh, no, I don't think so. I'm, I'm really busy doing what I'm doing right now. I like to volunteer, but yeah, maybe not. The more I got to thinking of, about it, the more um, I... I thought about my, my past as, as an editor, as, as a transcriptionist, you know, I deal with the written word all the time. Um, you know, it, it really fit. And so it was mentioned earlier, I believe it was Kenneth who said that others can see in us, um, things that we don't see in ourselves. And, and that just underlines the fact that we do need to, Keep an open mind and consider um, opportunities that that might appear right in front of us. And and I I thank Dan Spoon for asking me to do that. Um, I appreciate what he saw in me that I didn't know existed. And I I have served two years. I want to continue to serve on the board of publications. As I mentioned earlier, I think we are. 
probably in a time of transition. As I say, if, if you don't, if you're not changing, you're not keeping up. And, and, um, I know things will remain very much steadfast, uh, according to our, our, um, our governing documents, but we do need to move with the times too. And I'm willing to, to, um, to be a part of that and do everything in my power, um, you know, to, to help with whatever needs to be done. And I would very much appreciate your vote. I think we'll go to David Trot. Thank you, Kim. Uh, I'd like to ask everybody for their vote, but I'd also like to ask for your support. If you elect me, I need to be able to hear from you and to understand what your needs are, because I might not, I know a lot of people in ACB, but I don't know everybody. So, you know, I would love the opportunity to hear from you. I would also like the opportunity to be a part of the team. And if you look at tonight's candidates forum and tomorrow night's candidates forum, any of these people are going to make a great part of the team and it takes a team effort. And we've started the legacy endowment. I would like to see it grow a little more before I'm through. I would like to see some of the projects that I'm working with now come to fruition. The ACB is my love. I've, I've been in ACB since 1978. So, you know, I didn't come on board yesterday. And uh, I've been fortunate. I had two separate careers that I was able to retire from. And now I can devote my time to ACB. So please. Uh, give me your support, not only with your vote, but your support afterwards, because we all need to hear from you. Thank you, sir. I am I am so excited about the number of small states from from whom we have candidates this year. So from South Dakota, Miss Sims. Thanks, Paul. Um, I am I'm, I'm very happy to be running for the board. I am I believe in ACB's core values and. Um, initiatives. I believe that I embody them. I want to be part of that team to grow the initiatives, the goals, the core values that ACB has been setting forward. With the rural experience and the very low vision, there's only a couple, three of us, you know, there's only a couple of people right now on the board that have low vision. And I would like to be another one of those individuals that bring that perspective. I think low vision is huge. We have more older adults that, you know, becoming low vision and we need to increase that aspect of ACB. Um, and then working with the rural, rural is so different than the urban. And we've, we realized that last year when I presented at uh, mobility and beyond at the convention and I love transportation. I, you know, transportation is a different world, but we all need to figure out how, what works for all of us. I think that we need to look at broadband and bring in the rural information inclusion. You know, we talk about inclusion, diversity, and equity. And looking at the smaller rural states, sometimes that gets kind of left out from ACB. Unfortunately, I've been part of ACB. ACB since 1984. I represented South Dakota as um, a NIBS a student representative from South Dakota, and I was proud to do that. Um, I haven't always been active in ACB. I have always been a member, but I believe in their values. 
I have now been asked to be part of the Health and Wellness Initiative Get Up and Go campaign, and I am so excited to do that with my medical background. I'm a medical massage practitioner, so health and wellness has been my my heart and soul my whole life. And to see what we can do and how we can include the rural areas with health, improving telehealth and rural communications. And I believe that we can still work with larger communities. And I see that there's issues that way also. But I think inclusion is the big thing. So I just would ask your support and you for your vote to help me be a team member and to keep moving ACB forward and knowing that I was part of the voting task force and that knowing that we can all vote now and we are one big family and we can all be together. I think that's huge. So thank you. Thank you, Connie. And now let's hear from Donna Brown. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> and, and thank you, uh, Board of Publications and, and ACB for this opportunity to um, talk to the membership. So I, um, you know, I, I have a, a theory that as a leader, you're always learning. I served on the board. It was supposed to be for one year, ended up being two. And I learned a lot those first two years, especially the first year of what ACB, what kind of activities are going on in ACB kind of behind the scenes. Although, because now ACB board meetings, which is wonderful, are broadcast over ACB radio, there, there's not as much behind the scenes. It, it's out in, in the open for the membership to hear. And I'm just so happy that I was able to be on the board when when the um, first meeting was, was uh, broadcast. So I would like to um, ask for your support for my seat on the board. I would like to be a part of mentoring young and up-and-coming leaders. I had many mentors in in my life and still do. I I think as a leader, you always have mentors. That that doesn't go away. You might be mentoring other people, but there's there's still people mentoring you. And uh, I certainly thank those mentors I've had throughout the years. especially in ACB, but in other organizations as well. And so I just would like the opportunity to continue to serve on this cohesive uh, ACB board of directors. Uh, I think we've worked well as a team and and we'll continue to do so. And I just thank you for this opportunity to serve the organization. Thank you. And, And thank you, to all the candidates running for the board of directors and the board of publications for making yourselves available this evening for putting yourselves out there and letting the membership hear your thoughts, your opinions, your hopes, your dreams for the future of ACB. I think it's wonderful that we have candidates forums and people have the opportunity to learn more about each and every candidate. And now the next step is participation in the election and voting. And that's going to be an exciting process as well. Having the opportunity this year for every single member of the American Council of the Blind to cast their own vote through a process that has been very carefully researched 
and is very accessible. Um, information will be coming in the mail for those who don't have email. It will come electronically for those who do have email. Um, it will be accessible. It will be easy to use. Directions will be clear. And there will be hopefully no excuse not to cast your vote in this year's election. Paul, I want to thank you as well for being a par excellence as usual in the host department. You are extraordinarily good at this and I appreciate the opportunity to work with you. Well, and I appreciated the opportunity of, of, of working with the queen of ACB. (laughs) 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 Um, You guys, you've only done half your job because you've only heard from half of the candidates. You need to devote some time tomorrow um, to, to what I believe is going to be an extremely exciting evening. One of the things that we're going to see um, for the first time in a candidate's forum is actually two people who have decided to run for the same position. And that position is the position of first vice president in ACB. I think this is the first candidate's forum. Um, if, if anybody else remembers another one where it happened, I don't where we've actually had a contested election that was known about um, as soon as our candidates forum. So um, I think that could be really exciting, but you're not going to be able to make a good choice if you don't know about both candidates. And the same thing applies to the rest of the folks who are running for other positions tomorrow. So you've done your part. You've heard from half of our folks, but please Come tomorrow and hear about the rest. Um, An informed electorate is the only kind that's worth having, you guys. So thanks for listening to us, and and thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Paul, and thank you. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Kim and Paul. Thank you very much, Kim and Paul. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Good Good night, night, everyone. Good night, night, everyone. Thank you. My name is Chris Bell, and I'm running for a seat on the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind. The reason I'm running is simple. I've been a member of ACB for over 40 years and have done a lot of advocacy work. And I want to make sure that the work that I have done and that others have done can continue after older members like myself are gone. And therefore, I have proposed that ACB create an academy to train younger members in the subject areas which are so critical for ACB to lead in the future. I ask for your vote. Thank you. My name is Jeff Bishop, and I live in Kirkland, Washington, with my wife, Carrie, and my son, David. We've done a lot in this organization, and our future is very bright. However, we have a number of significant challenges that we're going to need to undertake in this organization to achieve our three to five year strategic plan. Partnering together, we can greatly achieve success for everyone. I would appreciate your vote at this year's annual convention. Thank you. I am Donna Brown, and I am seeking a seat on the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind. I want to work to bridge the gap between the ACB national leadership and our state and special interest affiliates. Working to create a mentoring program to develop new leaders is important to me, as well as creating programs to introduce ACB to blind and visually impaired youth. 
I hope I can count on your vote in July. Hello, my name is Ray Campbell, and I'm seeking the office of Second Vice President of the American Council of the Blind. Together, we have embraced and met the unprecedented challenges of the past two years, and I look forward to serving you over the next two years as we move forward together. Hello, my name is Denise Colley, and I'm seeking my second term for the Office of ACP Secretary. I currently serve as co-chair of the ACP Scholarship Committee, and I've also served as chair of the ACP Board of Publications and on the ACP Board of Directors. In these capacities, I've had the opportunity to oversee all the ways in which ACP communicates, both internally and externally. I believe that the ways in which ACB communicates with our members plays a crucial part in what keeps this vital organization going, and I want to work to ensure those lines of communication are stronger and more transparent. I would appreciate your vote. Thank you. Hi, I'm Zelda Gebhardt, a dedicated, hardworking volunteer with low vision. Roles as editor, vice president, and president of NDAB, and as director and first vice president of CCLVI has prepared me for leadership in ACB. Please vote for me to remain on the BOP. Hello, ACB. This is Deb Cook-Lewis. After serving you for five years on the Board of Publications, I am now hoping to serve you as your first vice president. No matter who you vote for, I hope you vote. And we'll see you at the convention. Hi, ACB. My name is Doug Powell, and I'm running for a second term on the Board of Directors. I promise to continue to model leadership qualities, mentor leadership in others, and advocate effectively at the national, state, and local levels. I'd very much appreciate your vote. Hi, I'm Penny Reader, and I'm popping in to ask you to vote for me. I am running for my second term on the Board of Publications. I think we've made some good progress in making ACB communications excellent in so many different ways because communications with ACB and the general public as well are very important. Please vote for me for the Board of Publications. I'm looking forward to serving you again. Thank you. Hey, Mark Reichert here, First Vice President of ACB, so of course I'd love your vote this summer. But the most important thing is that you do it, because it's only when you vote that ACB wins. So come on, baby, vote. Come to convention. Vote. You can do it. Hello, I'm Kenneth Simeon Sr., immediate past president of ACB of Texas. I am seeking a position on the ACB Board of Directors this year. I care about ACB, our membership, and the future of ACB. If elected, I will be sure to work with other ACB leaders to ensure that we continue to move forward. I would really appreciate your vote. Always remember, together we win. Hi, I'm Connie Sims from South Dakota. I am president of the STAB Association. I am a J.P. Morgan Chase recipient in 2020. I am running for a board position. I believe that equity, diversity, and inclusion, that is really huge. I have been on the voting task force. I am from a rural state. Everything that we do in rural is totally different than the city or the metropolitan areas. I have low vision. We're a very diverse group. We use our tools differently. Hi, I'm Connie Sims. Hello, my name is Dan Spoon and I live in Orlando, Florida with my lovely wife, Leslie. 
And we have been honored to be the president of the American Council of the Blind for the last two years under really unprecedented circumstances. And we look forward to continuing the momentum and moving forward over the next two years. Thank you for your support, and I would look forward to your vote in the upcoming election. Together, we can continue to grow our ACB family. Thank you. Hello to my ACB family. This is David Trot Treasurer. I am asking your support for my re-election. Please put me on the team that's working for a brighter future for ACB. I look forward to meeting you all at the Candidates Forum. Friendly, fair, foraging. Everyone has a story to tell. It's the very reason why we rise each day ready to face the next day's challenge that comes. Whether advocating, striving to advance disability rights, or finding new ways to forge forward in the ever-growing communities that we live in. I am Cache Wells, and these are the reasons why I pursue a seat on the Board of Publications, where my passion and purpose is to engage, educate, and empower others to get involved with ACB.